0: Hello and welcome to episode one of the Duelist Unity movie review series. I have never been more ready to fuck shit up.
1: (laughs) And I am very much trying to maintain an element of sensitivity and awareness and empathy throughout that intention because there is a balance to it. There is a balance of wanting to make sure that everybody understands that We're well intentioned. And at the same time, also understanding that that intention is going to rock boats of necessity. And so we're just getting into that. And knowing that life has guided us here over the last 16 months is kind of encouraging because it's not like this happened overnight. We've worked our way here. And admittedly, if it wasn't for the response of our viewers and the growing audience and the community that supports us, we probably wouldn't have gotten here. Well, we know we wouldn't have gotten here. And so we're blaming you, dear listener. We're blaming you for everything that's about to happen next. That all said, this is our new movie review series. And I'm really excited about this because I'm a big movie fan as everybody who listens to the podcast knows. I love storylines. I I love well-written characters and of course, symbolic meanings. So this series is going to start with one of my favorite movies from 1991, starring Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss. It's called What About Bob? If you haven't seen the movie, definitely go and track it down. I'm sure you can find a free copy of it online if you look hard enough. Or it might be on your movie subscription network. I don't know, but I'm sure you can track it down. And you should, because it's a fantastic movie. Before you listen to the rest of this, because there will be spoilers.
0: Yes, definitely go watch it because we're going to be talking all about the movie. So if you haven't seen it, go watch it and then come back to the episode. Because, yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about it. It was a uh, really awesome movie. A lot of symbolism in there. Like, holy shit. Um, So I don't know. Do you want to do the like a quick summary or your thoughts initially?
1: Absolutely. Well, I'd like to
0: just kick it off with
1: this this one thing that There are two parallel stories happening in What About Bob? And they all revolve very much around the conversation that we're having here on Dualistic Unity, which is that the more immersed in your identity that you get, the more disconnected from the world you get, and you start to experience more distortion and more conflict, and that becomes its own hell. And so what I love about the story What About Bob is that you have the story of Bob, who is already in that hell, working his way out, through genuine intention, despite being confused and causing some disruption on the on the process of doing that or in the process of doing that. The intention is to get better. Meanwhile, you have his therapist, Dr. Leo Marvin, played by Richard Dreyfus brilliantly, I just wanna add that. And he is completely wrapped up in his identity, but that has helped him to achieve his current status. That's helped him to achieve the respect that he has in society, but it's all based on control. It's all based on pride, not being challenged. And then all of a sudden along comes Bob. And so you have this one person struggling in the negative end of identity and this other person who's basking in the positive end of identity. And by the end of the movie, they switch roles. It's brilliant.
0: Yeah. The, the symbolism is absolutely incredible. Starting out, starting with, yeah. Bob. And I, I'm glad you said it because I have so many thoughts about it, but I, I it's like, there's so much going on and I, I see the control and all of that going on with Dr. Leo Marvin. And then Bob who's suffering, but, and is trying to control, but also being very open and honest and upfront about everything, you know, like the first scene that they meet, he, he's like, all right, so what's going on, Bob? Leo is like, what's going on, Bob? Bob's like, well, well, Doc, I have problems. And he's just like so upfront and open about it. But at the same time, it's like he's reinforcing to himself that he has problems. Then he just goes through his Rolodex of things that he has issues with and basically goes through the movie working through those things. But from an open and honest perspective, And really, it goes to show, and I saw this a lot at the retreat, how much just being authentic and vulnerable and open about things can allow you to let go more and more of that idea of you. And so early on, Bob is just really fucking open, but also reinforcing to himself and to the rest of the world all the problems that he has. So he's keeping them around. He's still inflicting a lot of suffering upon himself, but then, no, he starts interacting with the family. He's super open with them. And he's like, oh, yeah, talking to talking to the daughter in the car. I love that scene where he's just like, oh, yeah, you deal with that. I deal with that. I've dealt with a lot of a lot of shit like that. He's just so open and honest. And then throughout the movie, he basically stops thinking so much about himself. He goes from constantly being wrapped up in his idea of himself to being so involved with the family with the community. It's like, he doesn't even have time to think about himself anymore. He's just so involved in the situations that he's in and being there for everyone else. Not the least of which being Dr. Leo Marvin, like he's always there for him, like trying to help him out the whole time. And it's so fucking funny. As we talked about yesterday, the cult of egotism, like literally that is what Dr. Marvin's embodying the whole time is that idea and that unwillingness to let go of the idea of you. And it's it's just awesome to see all of the issues that come from that, starting out with the positive idea of yourself. And he even says early on, he tells Bob, oh, oh, Bob, I don't get upset. I don't get angry. And look where that goes by the end of the movie. Holy fucking shit.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I I, I love everything about how this movie was made for sure. But I find it really interesting. There were a few things I noticed this time, and I've watched it a number of times in my life. It's one of my favorite movies. Um, I thought it was really interesting that when Bob goes to see Dr. Marvin the very first time, he has that litany of problems that he has. But what he's looking for is Dr. Marvin to find another one. If you can just find the right problem, it'll fix me. And that's why he's looking for somebody to latch onto, someone to follow, somebody who's going to find that, that solution for him and end his suffering. And I find it so very interesting and it, and it drives him nuts it, to the point where he actually fakes his own death and follows this guy out into the, out onto his vacation. And then all of a sudden, everything changes with one piece of advice. And I find it really interesting because it came from Dr. Marvin's schooling, but he totally forgot to apply it for the rest of the movie take a vacation from your problems every time you're thinking about your problems i want you to look at this piece of paper and take a vacation from your problems and from the rest of the movie or and for the rest of the movie that's what bob did bob did not think about his problems for the rest of the movie he came over as a visitor he was chatting as just a regular person he wasn't looking for help he wasn't looking for therapy he was just enjoying the connection. And that was all he needed. That was all he needed. Just a chance to do that in an environment that was open to him doing that. But at the same time, and it's funny that you mentioned it, that he was always there for Dr. Marvin. And yet despite how sensitive Bob was to everybody else's feelings, he couldn't pick up that Dr. Marvin hated him. He couldn't pick up that it was driving Dr. Marvin nuts. Why? because he put him up on a pedestal. He couldn't see him because he was looking at him as the perfect therapist who couldn't possibly have these problems that mere humans have. He even said, you know, how does it feel to be the daughter of a brilliant psychotherapist? He didn't see him as just a regular human. And so he couldn't empathize with him. And I thought that was really interesting too.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Like he had this idea of him that he was holding on to. Like that was the only part of the illusion, not the only one, but like basically the only one that Bob was still holding on to was the idea of Dr. Marvin being this thing that he was so clearly not being anymore. Like he was embodying this madman essentially. And he just had this idea and it just goes to show how much of an impact that can have on our perception of reality. And because we're always living through ideas and illusions, like it's always impacting us. And we're not able to see things clearly because we're holding on to ideas that make us more comfortable. And I guess someone in that situation would want to see their therapist as this high and mighty person because it makes them feel better about seeing them, like it validates their seeing of them. And meanwhile, like Bob's figuring out his own shit the whole time, like he's doing it for himself as much as the, you know, take a vacation from your problems thing helped him. Like he was just started facing his fears, went on the sailboat, you know, got pushed into diving into the water by Dr. Marvin. But, you know, he was doing all sorts of shit that was facing his fears and he was just take vacation from your problems. And that's a really interesting part because it reminded me uh, back back in my religious days, uh, this was early in college, one year for Lent, I did something very similar and I gave up fear was my thing for Lent. And so throughout those 40 days, like when situations would come up that I would usually run from, I was like, I gave up fear. And I, that probably had lasting impacts on my life for sure. I think I was like 19 when I did that. So it was what, like eight years ago. And so yeah, but it reminded me when he wrote that down. I was like, "Fuck, that's like exactly what I did because I remember some specific situations where I was in a class and like wasn't going to say anything and then I was like, "Oh," because I was afraid and then I was like, "Oh, nope, gave up fear for lent." So it's like there's there's some of the benefits to uh religion, not not because of religion, but just one of the one of the things there is is having the opportunity to do that or there was a girl that I I remember asking out that I was like super nervous to do so and then I just thought to myself like I gave up fear. And yeah, I'm sure that had a lasting impact on me beyond that, because at some point, you know, lent ended. And then I was still like, oh, I can do all these things, kind of like the video, the clip from our retreat episode that you posted. Like, it's not about being more. It's just about doing things over and over. And, and eventually you get to a place where you're like, oh, shit, I can't do that. And I didn't think I could. But you just have to do one one more little thing And you start to realize more and more of your potential every step along the way. And it it reinforces to yourself that you can do all of those things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I was thinking about the fact that Bob couldn't see Dr. Marvin because of his identity or because of the identity that Bob was perceiving about Dr. Marvin. But what's interesting is that Dr. Marvin did nothing to get rid of that identity because he himself was dependent on it that's the identity he wanted bob to see was that he was up here and knew everything he actually said it in the in the office in their first meeting he said uh, there's an expression that the best the best psychotherapist is inside you and then the next line was but yes i can help you so he completely missed it right and then throughout the rest of the movie his identity keeps getting hammered like when for example, when Bob, because he is so vulnerable and so easy to be around, when Dr. Marvin's son finally felt comfortable to jump into the water because he was the brave one there. Doc- Bob was saying like, no, no, don't, don't do it. To be more afraid than the son. And that made him comfortable, right? And so Dr. Marvin couldn't reconcile that because he was just like, come on, just do it, force, now, expectation, making me look bad, I got shit to do. You know, that kind of thing. And so there was all that expectation. There was no connection. There was no empathy. And it was the environment that Bob's vulnerability created that allowed that to happen. And Dr. Marvin's ego took that first hit hard because all of a sudden, here's Bob playing the role that his identity is saying he should be playing as not just a good father, but a good psychiatrist, right? Same with the daughter, right? Every time I remember that it was that conversation where it's like, no, she didn't say, that I don't listen. She said, I don't listen and I'm not fun. And that Bob is, (laughs) that was the best line because that was exactly what his problem was is the fact that he was trying to evaluate by comparison as he's always done. And so I really enjoyed that part of the movie but there was one other part of the movie that I really enjoyed, which was the fact that both Bob and Dr. Marvin were fine throughout the entire movie, regardless of their state of confusion, regardless of of how invested in their identity they got. They were just really confused or really lost. But society looked at them as crazy. Even Dr. Marvin, as soon as he lost his shit, society's like, oh, I got to lock him up. There was no empathy because there is no empathy in society's view of mental health. We don't understand. It's a matter of depth that there's a core that we're leaving, that we're losing our sense of being because of all the shit we're dealing with. I thought that was really well brought across.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it's reflected in our responses, our medical responses to it. Just, you know, put them in a psych ward. Like give them give them some pills. It's like and and we've gotten to the point now where it's like, oh, it's chemical imbalance. Like there's nothing, nothing any of us can do. There's no amount of empathy that will help with this meanwhile like there is because we we think of it as this thing that's like it is being lost in confusion and ideas and all those things but because that's become our norm for our society when it goes too far it's like if we were to question that to be the reason for it we have to question all of the illusions that we live based off of And we don't want to do that. So then we just say like, oh, yeah, no, that's on that's unfixable and and whatnot. But yeah, Bob's uh, vulnerability throughout the movie was really cool to see, like you can live your life like that. And that's all you ever have to do. And even it goes to show like when they did the live uh, TV interview with Good Morning America, like. He like Bob ended up being like crushing that. And Dr. Marvin froze up choked because he wasn't willing to let down his guard. Like the first question they asked, he goes through his, his, uh, pre response. And they're like, that's not even what we asked. Cause he was just anticipating this thing. And he had practiced in the mirror so many times. And meanwhile, Bob. Dry heaves, almost throws up as soon as the interview starts, and he's like, oh, false alarm. Okay, I'm good. And then he just goes on to like crush the whole thing and goes, he didn't have a script, so you can't go off script if you don't have a script. But he wasn't even close to being any idea about what Dr. Marvin thought he wanted the interview to go like. Meanwhile, they they never talked about this, but he probably sold more books because of Bob's interview there than anything else. And Bob just being himself on there and, and crushing it. And he's not even able to see that Bob's still giving him all the credit for everything that's happening. And he went from not even being able to you know touch a doorknob to going on Good Morning America Live and crushing it. And Dr. Marvin isn't even able to see beyond his own idea of the way things should be or the way he sees himself or the way he sees Bob to recognize that Bob's giving him all the credit. Like this is literally his job is to help people get through their shit. And Bob is getting so far beyond his shit and still giving him all the credit. And because it doesn't fit his narrative of the way he thinks things should have gone, he freezes up, he chokes, he gets even more angry than you can even imagine with his eventual responses to things because he's so caught up in the idea of the way he thinks things should go. And he's not able to roll with anything. Everything is so structured and rooted in control for him. And he's never able to let that go and look, look where it gets him.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's really entertaining to watch the slow disintegration of Leo Marvin because he is just coming from such a high point. And that really is the problem is just he's falling and falling and falling throughout the entire movie face to face with Bob, who is just beyond his control. You just can't control Bob like he is just doing what he is going to do. He's doing what's best for Bob based on what he understands. And he doesn't see enemies. Right. But when things aren't going your way, you start resisting. All of a sudden, everybody feels like an enemy. Right? Even his own family started to feel like an enemy to Dr. Marvin. It felt like they were working against him with Bob. That's why I love by the end of the movie, just before Dr. Marvin snaps, um, when his car breaks down on the side of the road, first he gets a ticket and he blames Bob, who's not even there. Then he backs up, gets a flat tire, blames Bob, who's not even there. Then driver goes by, sprays mud on him, and he's like, oh, Bob, and he's getting like off-pissed, and Bob's not even there. That's the funniest part. It's just that when you get into that mindset where all of a sudden it's just one thing after another, and whatever the focus of your resistance is, is the scapegoat, is the blame. So he was completely irresponsible, and that just led him to the, to the brink where he was no longer even abiding by his own self-image. And that was the funniest part about all of that was the fact that this is a person who at one point would have dictated what mental health looked like. Now can't even recognize his own lack of mental health. Right? And it kind of makes you wonder about the entire psychological industry. Can they recognize a problem with mental health or are they coming from a place that is a problem with mental health?
0: Yeah. Yeah, because he's so caught up in the idea of the right way and the wrong way to do things. Just like it's such a symbolic representation of, you know, the mental health industry that they know what's best and they know what's worse and they know the right way to do things. And as long as they're holding on to that, similarly to the way that Dr. Marvin was holding on to the idea of himself as being, you know, high and mighty, knowing what's best, always knowing the right thing to do, like knowing by the book how to interact with his family, with his daughter, with his son. Meanwhile, they fucking hate him. And he even even the uh the tools that he uses, the puppet scene when he's talking to his daughter, like that was one of the craziest things. I was laughing my ass off when he when he starts doing that, like chasing after his daughter with these puppets. And that was it's symbolic too, because it's like he can't even, he's literally living through illusions of puppets. Like he has a puppet version of himself beyond just the idea of himself that he thinks that that is the best way to go about it. And he's not, and all his daughter wants is some genuine connection. And he thinks that going further from that connection, building more walls, like the puppets are just another layer between them. He's not even talking to his daughter anymore. He's talking to the puppet version of his daughter, likely because that's something that he learned as a way to interact with people in certain mindsets in certain situations. But now he's just like trying to fit square pegs into round holes by doing that in this situation, not having any sensitivity to know that this is not the situation to do that. Like she doesn't need this weird ass therapy type lesson thing with puppets. She needs to talk to someone who like she needs to talk to her dad or just talk to someone who wants to have a genuine connection. And so he was so consistently lost in illusions the entire time. It was also very interesting early on, like for myself watching it early on. And I don't know if anyone else has this reaction, but I didn't like Bob very much early on. He's super fucking frustrating it's like holy shit and then like you feel bad for dr marvin the whole time and you'd like i guess kind of like him in a way because you think he's just doing the things but it's so representative of the positive side of the ego versus the negative side of the ego like we want we all want that positive side of the ego like we gravitate towards that and then the movie goes on to show you all of the consequences of that whereas it shows you all of the from the side of you know the negative Side of the ego, which Bob was very much experiencing, we get so frustrated with that instead of kind of relaxing through it and kind of accepting it for what it is, and then being able to just let go more and more of the idea of yourself. Like we hold on to that positive idea so tightly as a society and everyone, you know, be it the pharmaceutical industry or individual people or anything, we hold on to that as being, you know, the right thing to do. And so it was interesting for myself by the end of it, you know, you fucking love Bob and Dr. Marvin is like yeah, you you don't love him, I guess, <laughs> especially with the with the way he's reacting, but it just goes to show like how we're sort of naturally drawn to that in a way based on how our society runs and and what we experience and the movie does just a fantastic job of showing the pitfalls and the consequences of holding on. So closely to any idea, because all Bob's doing is letting go of the idea throughout, whereas Dr. Marvin's trying to hold on more and more tightly just gets gets him into deeper and deeper shit.
1: I do love that part about Bob's progression is that the beginning of the movie, he starts off and he's lost. He's lost. He's lost in his narrative about himself and the world. You can see him before he even leaves the apartment. He's just staring at the door in fear. And it's because of all of the things that are going through his head about what he might encounter. He's not even afraid of the world. He's afraid of the world in his head. And he goes into the, into the hallway. He touches everything with a handkerchief. That was the other thing I enjoyed about the movie was the progression of the handkerchief. As Bob let go more and more and more, he let go of the handkerchief more and more and more, his barrier between him and the world, right? His protection from that world of fiction that he, he was so afraid of. And so Yeah, you can really feel for Bob, especially considering I used to live in a very similar hell where I felt very isolated and alone and in a world where I wasn't sure what the hell was happening. But Bob was just trying to cover it over with positives. I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. I feel good. I feel great. I feel wonderful. Even though you could tell he didn't. He was terrified. But what I thought was really interesting is that Bob wanted that change so bad. So bad that he would glom on to every symbolic lesson baby steps. Whether Dr. Marvin meant it to come across that way or not, Bob just needed to hear the symbolism of baby steps, small, attainable goals. Sure, he turned it into walking in in tiny little footprints, but the point being is that he was seeing it symbolically, and then it actually ended up acting out in his life. And so that ability to take symbolism and pull information from it or pull a life lesson from it, that comes from being in the pit. You learn to use anything, anything. And so even at the end with death therapy, when he's wrapped up in knots and he's going to explode, literally, Bob actually sees for the first time that that's what his life is, that he is wrapped up in knots and that it's going to make him explode. And so he he unravels his knots. Just as Doctor Marvin explodes,
0: uh, it's so funny because I was looking through. I took I took some notes while I was watching it, and that's literally the thing I at the bottom. I have written down Bob still saw explosives as a lesson with death therapy, and that was what I just looked at, and I was going to bring that up next, of course. Um, but yeah, like that blew my mind. No pun intended, but it was so funny at the end. Like he still is not able to see what Dr. Marvin is actually trying to do. But Dr. Marvin, even though he's trying to literally kill Bob, he's still acting in a way that allows Bob to see some symbolism and actually learn, which is fascinating that Dr. Marvin isn't even trying to do that. And he's still teaching him so much because Bob is willing to listen. Because Bob is willing to not listen, but see lessons in everything, and he's always seeing it. And it's like he's wrapping the fucking explosives around his neck, and and Bob's still just chilling there, like, hmm, all right. I wonder what this is. This uh, is this explosive therapy, or which which type of therapy is this? I haven't heard of this one. This one's interesting. And then he starts going through it, and he's like, "Knotted up. I'm knotted up. I am knotted up. Knotted up in my head." Then he's like, "Huh." Yeah. And then he sees that that's symbolism for his life. He's like, okay. And then he's able to, to get out of it through letting go of all of the knotted thoughts in his head. He's able to see the potential opportunity in that moment to shift things. But it was only through unraveling his own internal world that he was able to unravel literally all of the knots that he was knotted up in from Dr. Marvin tying fucking explosives around his neck. And then he still sees it as a lesson as he's like running through the forest with the explosives around his that Like that was just so funny and so fascinating. Just goes to show how we can see lessons in everything. And and people get caught up. We've talked about this before with trauma, things like that. People say like, you know, trauma is objectively bad. There's nothing to come of it. And it's not to say that it isn't bad. I'm not belittling it at all. But like with this, there are lessons in everything. And if you're willing and able to see that in every situation, then you don't. It's not in the moment, not resist them. I'm not saying like, go through trauma and just be like, mm, this is going to be a good lesson. And it's like, uh, no, I'm not saying that at all. But looking back on anything, you can see it for what it is. And then moving forward, you can see it more clearly. It's It's usually when we go into something distorted, resistant and saying like, oh, there's nothing here For me, and we're not able to recognize empathy in the situation for anyone else involved in the situation, the distortion that they may be going through in that moment. And Bob, even though he didn't see the distortion that Dr. Marvin was going through, he still had a sense of empathy for him the whole time, and that he wasn't willing to vilify him. He was still seeing him as way up here, still lost in illusion but not so caught up in, in blaming anyone or anything else. And by the end, he just saw that he was in, he was putting himself, nodding himself up inside of his mind and then was able to act out of clarity and change his situation without even actively really trying to, for that sake, it was just working through himself. Well, it's interesting because towards
1: the end of the movie, as Bob is crawling out of his identity, you can see, he actually has a great deal of knowledge. And that's the reason that after everything that happens, he goes back to school and becomes a psychologist, which is in the end credits, right? And they explain what happened to Bob. But I think it's really interesting. And my daughter picked this up too. When Bob comes out of the house and he's like, you've cured me, you genius. And, and, and Leo's like, Bob, where are the explosives that I put around your neck? And then Bob's like, I put them in the house. And then the house explodes. Celeste immediately said, He just admitted to him trying to murder Bob to his face. And Bob's not stupid. I think that Bob actually let that go. I think that Bob was able to empathize with where Leo was coming from because Leo went catatonic right after that because he lost everything. But Bob would have had to have let that go because then Bob married Leo's sister. Right? And, And wrote a book, Death Therapy, which Leo sued him for after the fact. So the dynamic continues on, but Bob would have had to just let that go. And I don't don't think he would have had a problem doing that because of his newfound freedom. And by some twisted logic, some gratitude to Leo, even though he was completely unwilling in the role that he played.
0: Yeah, it's almost like subconsciously he knew that if he did vilify... Leo for that. He'd be going back into shit of his own creation. And so because he was free in himself, he didn't feel any need to vilify anyone because all we do when we vilify is put ourselves above that person. And Bob didn't feel like doing that because, you know, whether consciously or subconsciously or whatever, it doesn't really matter. He knew that if he were to do that he'd be back lost in illusions lost in fictions lost in ideas caught up in all of these things he he believes about you know the way things should be or the way other people are or the way he is relative to anything else and because he had basically gone through and let go more and more of those ideas of those illusions he just without even thinking about it he didn't he didn't forgive him or anything he just let it slide, like uh, what's Christian Murdy's quote? There is no compassion and forgiveness. Yeah, that's exactly what he did. He he did without even you know. I don't know. It, it's funny because we're we're giving him all this credit, which he absolutely deserves for for going through it. But it's like he doesn't even know what he's doing. But we're seeing it because if he had forgiven him, he's he's back in distortion. He's back in illusions. He's back in hierarchy and then seeing himself as above looking down on Dr. Marvin, feeling pity for him, feeling bad for him, all this stuff. And he just, just lets it slide. Like, like it almost didn't even happen.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Because the alternative is ending up in a position like Dr. Marvin, where even upon hearing that Bob committed suicide, when he faked his suicide, his response was,
0: Oh, let's not let it ruin our
1: vacation. And that's exactly the point. That's how disconnected we can get. We can actually say like, oh, my job is to help people, unless it's inconvenient. And it's right in front of us, but we can't see it because we're so involved in the fiction of ourselves. So on that note, what about Bob? If you still haven't watched it and you've listened to this whole episode, definitely go and watch it because it's fantastic. I just... Love it. Kudos to both Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss. Richard Dreyfuss, of course, is an incredible actor from Jaws and Close Encounters. Bill Murray's been in so many different things. Um, I'm sure we're going to actually end up covering another Bill Murray movie in the near future. As
0: it is, the season we will probably go into Scrooged. Nice. Sounds great. Looking forward to it. Yeah, that was a fantastic movie. I'm very excited for this whole series because... I've never been a huge movie or TV person, but Ray's got like ten out of ten for movie recommendations. So, yeah, and and I'm learning a lot from it. The symbolism is really cool. So, yeah, I'm as excited as anyone for this series to to get going. And I'm I'm happy we got this first one in because that that movie is fucking dope.
1: <laughs> Thanks for joining us, everyone. We'll
0: see you next time. Bye, everyone.